1: 500
2: J.A.M. Been walking us down
0: through That 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to New hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The King of Fleece for
2: Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.A.M. On the five hundred, talking the five hundred until the end. You check my nerves and you rattle my brain. A man you broke
1: my wind, I'd a thread.
2: That song was by Jerry Lee Lewis from the 1993 compilation record All Killer No Filler, the Jerry Lee Lewis anthology. It's also number 245 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. You're listening to the only podcast where each week me and my guests go through Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest records. And we started at 500 working our way down to one. Want to watch the podcast? Well, there's only one way you can see full videos of my guests and I each week. Join the Patreon for $5 a month. You get to watch full videos. And for $25 a month, we're giving away merch like coffee mugs, T-shirts, posters, and hoodies to the Fleece Army. And I'll give you a ranking in the Fleece Army. Go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast or find the link on our website. Our guest this week is no other than... Wayne Fedewap Fetterman One of my favorite regulars On the 500 uh, The man we call Anytime we need somebody Wayne Fetterman This episode was recorded on July 7th Rate, review, and most importantly Subscribe to the 500 Listen free on all platforms Or anywhere you get your pods And if you can leave a 5 star rating And a review, please do that Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I post clips. I talk about my shows, a whole bunch of skadoodle. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Here we go. With number two forty-five out of five hundred, with all killer, no filler, the Jerry Lee Lewis anthology by J.L.L. A.K.A. Jerry Lee Lewis. Find out right now, Jeremiah, how Mm -hmm. many times Fetty Wap has been on the five (laughs) hundred. He's on it. (laughs) dude here's the thing we've been stocking episodes because i'm leaving for tour in um in like literally three weeks and it was just like i mean you might even come back you might have to do rem if we don't get mike mills dude no i'm
3: not
0: doing rem (laughs) this is my (laughs) really
3: she has limits
0: josh come on compared to jerry lee lewis you love him huh love the killer. love the killer
2: Dude, you're the best. More, more than, more than the birds, which you've done every birds episode. <laughs>
0: I've <I'm> only done <laughs> Crosby, Still, that should, Yeah, um, what are you talking about? You did both birds. <laughs> no, I didn't. You're out of your mind. I never did a bird. I know I'm not. Oh my god, dude, you did. the I birds I remember twice. every episode I've done, I did two yard All birds. Right. Oh, Any oh birds, okay. Oh, don't act like I'm confusing a yard off, bird with a bird.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what jersey Sorry, are you wearing? Okay, there, by the way,
1: is uh, that uh, I'm wearing a Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Calvert yeah. Cheney, yeah, cool. where did he
2: play for? You know this, Calvert Cheney. What college did you go to? Oh, come on, God you know this. Damn it, you know I
0: this. don't. I don't. Wait, wait. Is it, is it in the South? Is it in the South? Yeah, it's in this uh, Midwest South. Yeah. Their coach was angry all the time. He played for uh in Indiana. Yeah. played in Indiana. Yeah sure. for Bobby Knight.
2: I, double check I think he played for Bobby Knight. I think he got I might be wrong, but I'm I'm almost positive. We had a guy, yeah. I know Isaiah yeah. did. Let's just I'm say almost that. positive. I thought it was
0: Indiana. That was gonna be It worst. was, okay.
2: Wait, are you fourth? Are you fourth Mike on this now? new guy
0: <laughs> I felt intimidated. Everybody, everybody had Simon these in?
2: nice everybody
3: had these nice mics and i was feeling really inadequate so i had to get <laughs> on, sorry um,
2: feeling good. no you've done you done steve miller band you've done yes you i'm sorry uh, you confused
0: the birds and the yard birds that's correct yes, yes. i did two yard
2: did birds two, yeah you, yeah you did two yard birds you've done um the s- Records, which yes. we're going to talk about again today. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. Sun's so, so really very fun.
2: important to this. We've done Keep Going.
0: Keep and going. then I did Crosby Stills Nash, their first album, right? Even though they're in the different order. And I think I did one. That might be it. I think that's it. Jared, you gotta here. find this stuff, dude.
3: I got 10 entries of Wayne Fetterman, Steve Miller yes. Band. Oh, wait, Lil Wayne. That doesn't count. I just searched Wayne. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <embarrassing,
0: laughs> the Yardbirds.
3: Yeah. You already mentioned the Yardbirds again.
0: Having a rave up, yeah.
3: Oh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. That's not the same as Wayne Fetterman. Um, no,
2: we actually had Kenny Wayne Shepherd on. Oh,
3: my Sun record God. records you mentioned.
0: I think yeah. I remember them all. Uh, well, you're not saying, I'm-
3: oh, velvet underground, white light, white heat. Oh, you're right. Ba-bing, oh, ba-bang.
0: my God. That was Oh, my Proto God. punk. I remember that was a good one. Smokey <laughs> <laughs> Robinson and the Miracle. <laughs> Proto punk. Oh, right, Smokey. Oh, it's, it's Smokey.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <The yeah>. <laughs> I did forget a couple. Okay.
2: Yeah, dude. No, this a is couple. it.
3: Fucker. Sorry.
2: This is all right. Don't worry. Not- That's later. Let's Sorry. not bleed with that. Let's not lead with the bad stuff. Let's talk about the good first because this guy might want to be the most wildest uh, performers to ever sit at a piano and create the energy of of a Freddie Mercury and an Axl Rose. And, uh, you know, he's... Well, I guess it's like it, it, without him, there's no Elton John,
0: right? Well, I don't know if that's true, but there's certainly he and there was another guy named little richard who also created quite a frenzy at the piano but yeah yeah, so there was a couple of those guys how did you
2: start getting into like this style of um you know like this like the sun records like was it just your dad listening to it or is it no no no
0: good question good question no my dad did not like any rock at all he was all sinatra the the rat pack, all of that stuff he was into. So there's a real generational divide. Although it's interesting what songs like crossover and that are that appeal to rock and rollers and to greatest generation kind of guys. So well, yeah, why, no I, yeah, I just love I loved that 50s rock and roll and then that the way it was almost over by 58, 59 and then came back with the Beatles. Like that story is incredible to me. What do you mean? What do you mean? It was almost over. It, the rock and roll was like, they they thought it was a fad, like Calypso music, or you're young enough to remember disco was around for five years, or Bossa Nova music, or something like that. They just thought it was like this jangly guitar music that teenagers liked that, ra- that ran its course. Like in the and Chuck then-
3: days? like in the beginning.
0: Yeah. 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 All of that, all of that stuff that happened in the, the, from 55 to like 59. And then suddenly, I mean, we'll go into it. All of those guys were off the scene and replaced by what we talked about earlier, which on those other things was like uh Brill building songs and like, uh, be my baby. And all of, you know, all of these like really produced teenage records up on the roof and all of that stuff. I mean, there was some still some rock going on underground, you know, but not at the top of the charts. Certainly not like uh it was in fifty five, you know, in the mid fifties. Yeah, it's really it's interesting. interesting. I- they thought it was one of yeah. the reasons the Beatles, the Beatles, let's just I'm gonna say it again. Couldn't get a record contract. Don't forget, they signed with a comedy label, basically. Paraphone was a novelty comedy label of EMI. They were not the main music. And time and time again, DECA, all of the, all of them, Capitol, all of these people that have passed on the Beatles were like, Yeah, this music is like, who is listening to this? This is not even what's popular on the radio right now. They're listening to girl groups, they're listening to uh you know, guys that are produced, like Frankie's, those guys, whatever, those guys, you know, and uh, and it wasn't, it was only because teenagers went bonkers, first in Liverpool, then in London, then all over England, then in Hamburg, then all over the place for the Beatles. They're like, let's give these guys a chance. You know, the first couple Beatles Beatle records are not even on Capitol. The first 45s are on like, these little obscure RB labels, VJ, and some there's another one. So it was, it's really interesting that like that happened, and, and then the Beatles happened and they influenced everyone else. So So the Beatles basically saved rock and roll. In a way, in a way. I mean, there, there's it's obviously always more complex, but in a huge way, because the Beatles create that show they did on the Ed Sullivan show, February 1964. Like so many people went from being uh, uh a folky, I'll give you a perfect example um McQuinn from the Birds remember we were talking about the Birds like he was like a oh, folkie, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then he saw the Beatles like oh I need a band I need a rock and roll band and then he gets the Rickenbacker and then he's on his way so I mean but there was, everyone was into Dylan and more serious music and uh, all of that kind of stuff until really until the Beatles hit and then the Rolling Stones came along. And then, then we were on offer off and running cut to green day.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Berry. Cut to Romstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That is a version of it. those are guitar bands. Like um, yeah. Metallica, all of those, those are guitar bands. Like look at their lineup. Look at, just look how guitar, bass,
2: drums. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yes, obviously they overdrive the amplifiers more. You know, they're they, more they, pedals. Yeah, all of all of that kind of stuff. But really, they're Beatle bands. All of those guys, including Slayer.
2: Slayer rules. <laughs> <That's crazy. Rool. laughs> Saw their second to last show ever. Saw their second to last show, and I'm not a huge fan of their music. Right. but I just got stoned and I just walked cause I was by myself. I just walked around the, the forum? shrine, the, the, forum. the forum and yeah, I know. just walked around the forum and people watched. And it what do you was, remember about that show? What do you remember about that show? Second to last one. I remember the. I remember well. Raining blood. I, that was one of the songs I really know by them. So that ruled. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember there were a lot of of, of uh, Latino death metal fans there, mm-hmm. which are some of the scariest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. um, they can. They can. You know, emo emo Mexican is very scary, uh, and they're all over Van Nuys. <clears throat> but um, but I remember the outro. I remember when they said good night, and that and like uh, I actually got choked up about that because the lead singer in the band just stood there and just took the, 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 the applause. And I mean, it went on for what felt like 15 minutes and, and it was more like a, it was like a very like, thank you. We were saying thank you to them and they were just like uh, accepting it. And it was really, it was really beautiful. Did they have fire like, and stuff? Do you, I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I was walking around quite a bit. Because every song kind of sounds the same. It's a...
0: Yeah, they don't have any ballads, do they? <laughs> None, dude. <laughs> and that's why they rule. And that's why metal
2: fans love them. Because, And that's why metal fans turned on Metallica, because yeah. Metallica was the first thrash metal band. And then... And then they did the, the black album and, uh, the black album has nothing else matters. It's just way different. And people were like, dude, they're selling out. So when that happened, this is somebody who told me this. I think it was Jim Florentine on the, on the Metallica episode we did. Mm -hmm. Um, he said, he said, when they did that, everybody ran to Pantera and Slayer because they were like, they're not changing. You know, and then Pantera did Cemetery "Grit Gates, which is kind of like their ballad, but, you know, it's not nearly. And and then, you know, so on and so forth. But I mean, somehow, some way, all of those bands come back
0: to Jerry Lee Lewis. Am I right? Well, to that era, yes. I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis didn't even have a guitar player with with his, but he was just a trio bass, drums, piano. So, but what was interesting about him, different than Elvis electric bass has it more really? of a floor than that the bill black with the stand-up bass yeah
2: really so it, really so yes. so so what do you know like about <laughs> jerry lee lewis because i could i could read this shit or you yeah, could just no, go ahead. you could do it it's you, you it's wild well, it no, is, you do it you do oh, it. Oh my god! You do it because I because because uh, Adam didn't do the, the sheet, so I'm literally just reading <laughs> off a Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. And okay. I don't want to because I just want this to be this is a jam, jam Adam. This this is a jam session today, baby. Yeah, this baby.
0: is a yeah. We're having a we're having a beatnik boobop. He is like the youngest of the the originators of rock and roll. Like he's younger than. Uh, Little Richard and Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley, they're all born like in the 32, he's born in 35. So he is, rock Rock and roll has already hit. It's already become a thing. And he's just the, the newest version of it. And he, in my opinion, combines boogie woogie piano with like country honky tonk singing. So it's those, that up. That may, I mean, there's more, there's gospel, there's all, you know, there's a million other things, hillbilly, rockabilly, all of that. But that's basically what he did. And then just if you've never heard of Jerry Lee Lewis, so I would say there's two songs that he recorded that year or the next year in '57. One called Whole Lot of Shaking Going On, the other one called Great Balls of Fire. And yeah. those two songs, just two, those two songs were so, outrageously raucous, incredible, and that he, that that's the reason we're talking about him today. That's the reason he Just was in the- those two songs. Do, those two songs, more than anything, more than that, yeah, more than crazy, uh, more than the country music we'll get into, which is basically the second half of this album called All well, Killer, No Filler, but those two songs, there's no history of rock and roll without those two songs. Yes, really. Without, if you're going to do the history of rock, or at least one of those two songs as part of the story of rock and roll, yes, you're going to have Good Golly Miss Molly. You're going to have, you know, Chuck Berry doing Johnny Be Good. You know, or you know, Up in the Morning and No Particular Place to Go, or all of that stuff. But or Elvis doing, you know, Hound Dog. You know, it was it was a number of people doing this kind of music, which was kind of this. R&B based country music. I mean, that's what they called rock and roll was like, it was country and R&B. It was a black and white situation happening there. So you can hear it like in that, even in that song, his first one. And so, so that's the reason Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis is in the first class of the rock and roll hall of fame in 1986. He's in the inaugural class. Like he's foundational to it, but he's not the only one. So when you say there is no rock without him, it's not really true because he's just part of this movement and was the last one. And then as you will see, became the poster boy of what was wrong with rock and roll more than, more than even Chuck Berry, I believe. I believe, but we'll talk about that. The controversy. Oh, I I mean, you could. We could spend the whole podcast
2: talking about (laughs) his marriages, the guns, the IRS, the you know. It's this guy's life is insane, dude.
0: Do you want to play any? Yeah, go ahead. No, you want to play any? What? Any of those two songs? Um, Whole lot of shaking or great balls of fire? Well, let me tell you what's uh, different about. A t- quick timeout, another thing. I'm sorry, this is just off the t- all off the top of my head, is that unlike Chuck Berry and unlike uh, Little Richard, for the most part, Jerry Lee Lewis did not write his songs. Those are all, they had. people, like Great Balls of Fires, written by this guy, Otis Blackwell, who wrote Don't Be Cruel. Yeah. So he's like sort of from the Elvis part of the performer, the, the stage performer, as opposed to the Chuck Berry, which was the, I'm going to be the writer and the singer. And then obviously there was that kid, Buddy Holly that comes out of Texas. You know what I mean? And he's, I'm the writer and the singer. So the Beatles saw that like, oh, we could be the writers and this. And now for the most part, you're more of an expert on this. I would say most bands you hear, especially guitar bands, they don't have songwriters, right? I mean, no, no, no. Pop artists. Yes.
2: Uh, right. and I'm talking like the dance pop artists, the Britney Spears, like yeah. Taylor Swift. I mean, I guess she's an original artist. Yes, she writes yeah. all of her own music and she's global success. Drake, I, I think like is a kind of guy that he writes his lyrics, but he finds somebody to write the beat or he has guys that have been working mm-hmm. for him for years that he, that he trusts. But let I mean, well, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, well they stole they stole, right. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 stole. Lifted,
0: they lifted
2: they definitely that's my favorite thing from f is for family the show that i did with burr is like they're yeah. at the record store that i work on they have like this picture of of a guy that looks like robert plant and this guitarist that looks like jimmy page and the band is called lifted riffs
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E F F I N G Perspective, the only podcast you crank up to eleven. But yeah, yes. I, I
2: look. I, he's 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 you know he's if even if he's not writing the songs, he's choosing the right songs to sing.
1: Oh, you know, definitely, which,
2: which, which is but,
0: which, Yeah, so. Uh, so his story, so if you want, what I like about whole lot of shaking going on, it's more those, the, the live performances are crazy and he gets really what pushes that record is a comedian named Steve Allen, who had a variety show, primetime variety show opposite as well as the tonight show, but had a primetime variety show opposite, um, Ed Sullivan. And so he was the one that put jerry lee lewis because he's thought okay he's gonna be the new elvis and elvis was such a big thing for ed sullivan and when i put on elvis i made him sing in a tuxedo to an actual hound dog so he puts him on and does a whole lot of shaking going on well do you remember a song called shout by the Isley brothers
2: shout shout let it (laughs) all out i just saw them live You did? How are they holding up? Yeah, I just saw. Oh my god, they played Madison Square Gardens, dude madison square gardens and it was not I, just I a about this. So it's just a it, single gardens. it's just a single i know garden. but they called it's it they garden. called it madison oh, they square called it garden. the gardens, so, i love it yeah. yeah so i i just am gonna call it that um no i it was here's was funny uh, wayne yeah. i talked about this in an earlier podcast that i don't know which one we recorded so many recently but i was at the gym talking to my buddy that goes to concerts all the time and i'm like oh, i'm going to see tears for fears tonight at msg and this girl leans over and she goes msg's playing madison square garden i'm like yeah. She's like, they can sell that out. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And completely sold out. Maybe there's a couple seats here and there. that are open. It was not lost. They did a speech after the first two songs where they were just like, this is, this is, we, I've been living in New York for 40 years or, or 30 years, however long. And I've, I've seen Rangers games and Knicks games here and other concerts. He's like, for us to play, this is such a big deal. And I got so emotional because I could, because they were really putting a lot into it. And then when they did this one ballad, and everybody put up the, like their cell phone torches mm-hmm. and like kind of like lit the stadium up, and they, they, they uh, Roland and Kurt like look at each other, and you can see that it's just like, oh man, like this rules. And I'm, mean, I'm just weeping, just weeping. I'm also on mescaline, but I'm weeping. <laughs> and were you close I to mean, the stage?
3: You saw everything. Oh, I,
2: I, I dude, I, I have, I'm have great. I always pay money for good seats. I don't get shit seats, dude.
0: It's just me. Gone, for, so I don't Except get... for Slayer, except for Slayer. You were in the back. Slayer, I, no, Slayer.
2: I was Sarah Slayer, Slayer. I was in section one Oh eight.
0: I'm close oh. to the stage. I'm oh, close.
2: I just, it's how much, how late like, I can't do two hours. of. But I can, I can do fucking, I can do nine hours of. Everybody Daddy wants to. My best Turn your back on mother. You know that song's at 1.5 billion streams they get 15 million streams uh or not streams listens actual art people listening to 15 million people a month listen to tears for fears like that's like that's insane you they have made a new album well they did make a new album recently but um what was the point of this why am i talking about this
0: no the reason we were we were talking about uh, um shout you
2: know you make me wanna
0: Okay. So yeah, that's all that one, you make right? me want to shout. But in the middle of you make me want to shout, there's the part where it gets low and quiet and everyone uh, goes a little to a bit the softer pool. now. Yeah. 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 A little bit soft, but he does that in whole lot of shaking going on. So that's something they stole from whole lot of shaking going on where he, he stopped. And then at the end he gets up and not only stands at the piano, but kicks the chair or the piano bench. And, uh, like it's just people go nuts. Um, On Steve Allen?
2: He did that on Steve Allen?
0: He did it on Steve. And you can see Steve Allen after he kicks the chair that uh, Steve Allen, you can see in the front part of it, throws the chair back across the stage when it happens. Here is our first of 15 twisted facts about Jerry Lee
2: Lewis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lewis and one of his wives, Myra, which we will find out, is his wife number three, Myra, his third wife, uh they named their son steve allen lewis after steve allen um even though he was banned from radio stations uh, <laughs> allen invited him to play whole lot of shaking which we just played uh to give him his big break leading to the rise of his yeah, stardom in is, 1957.
0: there's no first of all he wasn't banned from radio stations at that time later he would be banned from radio stations but you're telling he, me
2: twisted facts about jerry lewis Factinate.com.
0: This, this is just about Jerry life. Lewis. He met Dean Martin in 1946. We're going to talk about Jerry Lewis now. And then, uh never mind. Uh, <laughs> I got it. I was with okay, you. Okay. You're going you need no, to keep going. No, that was enough. That was enough. Okay, <laughs> I pulled the rip cord. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's, too it's too scary. It's too scary. Eject. 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 I can't deal with this. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing, one of the crazy things, is that Steve Allen didn't like rock and roll music. And, to say, and it's so interesting that he was the one that puts Jerry Lee Lewis on, did a little of Elvis, and then put Lenny Bruce on. So he was like, his, he wrote a book called Bulgarians at the Gate about the disintegration of polite society and people using four letter words. But it's interesting, he loved, Lenny Bruce, and this, it's just, he's an interesting guy. There's many, many clips of Steve Allen making fun of rock songs. Like he would just do the lyrics to something like Gene Vincent's Bebop Aluba. He would just read them as if they were literature to mock the band. It'd be like, Bebop Aluba, be my baby. You know what I mean? Without, yeah. no. So he was, he's, it's interesting that he's so ingrained in the history of both stand up and rock and roll we caught with a really cool fact that his parents bet the
2: farm on his talent so Elmo and Mamie Lewis knew their kid had talent and they're willing to bet the whole farm on it and by that means is by nine years old he was already playing piano he had taught himself and he's belting out songs emulating the Delta musicians who played around their town in fairy day Louisiana in the early 40s since they weren't wealthy Elmo and Mamie had to mortgage their farm so they could get Jerry Lee Lewis his own piano. So, what's what's the
0: biggest thing your parents ever did for you, Wayne, to encourage uh, your a, comedy? That's a good question. They well, um, I would say nothing direct, nothing <laughs> direct, but indirectly. I I was never hungry as a kid. Always had a place to sleep, <laughs> like the minimum. <laughs> Too. The bear, the, bear, the a bear. They didn't pay for college. they was just like, you're on your own, do your thing. And uh, I do remember the first time, this is how This is how supportive they were. I remember the first time I did the Tonight Show, which was like a big thing for a comedian. They, you know, it's I huge. told them I'm going to be on the Tonight Show, hoping that would be something. And this was the review of their son on the their son on their tonight show. Wow. Yeah, there what was, is it? There was a lot of commercials. No. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you. Was, <laughs> wow. You were good too. Yeah, there was a lot of commercials. Okay. I understand uh, I'm in the this E block of a show, but come on. Yeah, that's
2: terrible. I think I, I, I would say I would say my mom kind of did a very Jerry Lee Lewis thing. My dad, not so much. My mom would uh, sneak me money when I first moved to Los Angeles. Like, because uh, I was so broke. And, you know, and I, and I just had, wouldn't have food money. And, and they, she would, behind my dad's back, send me money. And and that is why I only answer one of eight of her phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> She actually yeah. wait, I want you to hear I want you to hear this. This is from earlier today. Let me see if I can play this. Let me see if I can play this message because she sent me. Oh, did I get rid of it? Wait, hold on. I know where it is. Hold on, I know where it is. It's right there. Alright, hold on. Let me see if I can play it. Every
0: time I want to get hold of you, I can't get a hold of
2: you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do a better one here. Why are
1: you screening all your calls? Every time I want to get hold of you, I can't get a hold of you.
2: Bye. What are we going to talk about? We talked yesterday. <laughs> what do you want to tell me? Did you, you watch something on BBC America? All right, where were we? At?
0: Jerry Lee she sounds, Lewis. She sounded nice to me. Let's go. I guess. I guess we'll go to the big uh, plot point in his career because it's '57. Yeah, yeah, he has these two monster hits, almost to the level of like. Well, to the level of Elvis, like he is the guy. He is like these songs and these shows he are doing. Are doing and people are afraid of him. They're like, oh, this this is a bad influence on kids. And then he marries Myra, right? Yes, you gave us that information. This is his third wife. By the way, he was still officially married to his second wife while he married Myra. He did that a couple times.
2: He did that a couple times. He would. He would. He would. It would be finalized in like a month, but he would marry before. So a lot of these
0: marriages, they're not even sure if they actually were legit. Right. And also the fact that two of his wives died, one or drowning and one maybe a drug overdose. We still we don't, don't know. know what happened to her. But Myra is a plot point in his life and an important note in the history of rock and roll because he goes to... England to go on this multi month tour and shows up with his 13 year old bride. Mm-hmm. And people in Britain are like, How old are you? And they, yeah. and she's like, I'm 13. And so they ban shows, they cancel the tour. There's big headlines. Comedians make fun of him. He comes back to the United States. And this is where radio stations stop playing his records. And but he never apologizes. He has two kids with her. He's of course abusive to her. It's already abusive that he's he's sleeping with his child and his and and wait, go ahead, go ahead, you do it. No, no, no. But the girl is his cousin's daughter, his first cousin daughter, who was also the bass player in his band. That's his daughter. So he's now not only married a 13 year old which to tell you the truth in the south at the time maybe even not only just in the south i mean uh, loretta lynn was married at 13 or 14 and so you know jerry lee lewis was first married at 16. his sister was married at six so young brides was like part of the culture back then so i i'm not excusing it it's obviously child obviously. abuse like yeah, but yeah. i'm just framing it um and yeah, so so it was those two things that was like, yeah, this is what we're talking about, that rock and roll is a bad influence. It's like, it's like people are sleeping with teenagers and these songs, Sweet Little 16, and you're 16, you're beautiful, you're mine. And all of this was like, maybe this kind of music isn't good for the youth of America. And then there's other things that happened that I'll get into, but what were you going to say?
2: Well, I so so everybody just turned on him at that point. Like that was, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Um, his manager I mean,
3: Sam Phillips held on for a long time, it sounds like, tried to shield him from that decision to bring his very young cousin, second cousin wife to London, right? I mean,
2: 1957, but. man, that's a different era. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine if that would have happened now with Even social now, media? Well, yeah, now it's yeah. like it's horrible. I mean, but yeah. back then, it's like I mean, look, I'm not saying it was right back then, but the South. I don't want to sit here and shit on the South, but there's you know,
0: it's a little different. It's a it little- was a little different, and he lived in you know, he grew up in Louisiana, you know, like in the deep in deep South. Deep South. So, and. For good and bad, for the you know, I mean, the music that came out of there was amazing. I don't know if that's worth the child rape, but it certainly was incredible music.
2: The only way you're gonna sound like that is if you're raping
0: kids. I mean, that is it. It is a proven fact so
3: (laughs) it's so crazy anyway
0: here's an interesting thing i don't know if you want to play this it's not on all killer no filler but uh it's one of their phone call conversations he's
2: like so what were you doing earlier baby she's like i was watching the backyard (laughs) again
0: so i do remember bob hope had a joke There was a famous joke he did about that he got his uh something like he adopted his wife or something like that. That was the punchline. It was something that she was so young, he adopted his wife. Oh, he got her a president, he adopted his wife. So, um, but Sam Phillips in the craziest uh, uh, public relations, I don't know if it was a mistake, put out a record with kind of like one of those interview records where you're like hey what are you doing and they play a clip of a jerry lee lewis songs yeah so there's there's an a record call of that that they put out with jerry lewis like who is uh how is who is your new wife hey, oh baby great balls of fire like it's insane i can't remember what the name of it is but you may want to try to find that thing and So anyway, so this is the end of really the first wave of rock and roll. He gets sort of banned and banished. He's in the wilderness. Um, Elvis goes into the army, so he's not recording anymore. Chuck Berry has a similar situation where he transports this girl over state lines. He gets arrested, ultimately goes to jail for the Mann Act. There's some racial overtones in that because I believe the girl was not black. And so, and then Little Richard gives up rock and roll to become a preacher. So like all the architects of rock and roll and Buddy Holly dies in a plane crash. Like yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. like involved. With the, so this is like the end of this first wave of it. And Jerry Lita Lewis's uh basically cancellation. I don't know how else you would put it. Cancelled first. Yeah, with I guess that's old. like the
2: first. I mean, if you're saying he lost gigs and shit. That's... Oh, no
0: question. No question. No question. And so then, uh, no good. But the the wife ultimately, she's now a stock, uh, not a stockbroker, a uh, real estate agent. She's still alive. And she wrote a book about it, which the film, Great Balls of Fire, is based on her book, uh, on Myra's book. So that was the the film that came out, I think, in the late 80s, is my guess. But and yeah uh, with uh with um Dennis Quaid yeah he was yeah. Can I can I tell you something you ready for
2: this yep. let's he, do it he was he, we were we thought he was going to be the guest and then and then okay. and all we could get was Randy and I was like <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing that
0: right. true <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Dennis Quaid would have been awesome would have been yeah. incredible
2: but but so so he gets canceled and then what is that that leaves the door then open for the Beatles
0: no, that leaves the door. Then everything kind of like Pat Boone comes in and girl groups and doo-wop becomes even bigger. And it's a little less raucous and overtly, you know, sexual that during this period before the Beatles come. But uh, yeah. And so, the, so f-
2: the fad was dying. Like you said, the fad that everybody said, you know, is, ah, this will be gone soon. It was gone.
0: Right. And wow. yeah, and obviously the older generation were like, yeah, can we get back to Nat King Cole? Can we yeah. get back to actual songs that are well produced, uh, you know, with the great orchestrations by Nelson Riddle and stuff? And so it was a really interesting time. And of course, this is when Phil Spector comes along and the Beach Boys. come. On. And if you think of the Beach Boys compared to like Chuck Berry, obviously they ripped off some of his licks. Sure. right but you think fun 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 it's a different kind of feel than whole lot of shaking going on or hound dog or good golly miss molly or so you
2: you know what i love not to cut you off but you know what i love about all those bands including the beatles that just sounded like every other band you know because they were there they were pulling from their their influences they they might have started that way beach boys included beach boys have have pet sounds i mean that's an instrumental record in the history of right. rock and roll, Sergeant Pepper, rubber soul. Like it all, it, you might start off just being a complete and utter copy of the music that you grew up listening to, or you got, you know, on the radio station, but they became real artists very, very quickly. Um, these boys included. I mean, I don't know how many albums that sounds was into their career, but
0: I'm, I think it was like their sixth or seventh. Had to be at least then. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's really the story of Jerry Lee. Then the rest of this album, the other of the 42 tracks, a lot of them, Jerry Lee Lewis reinvents himself as a country singer and sings these incredible, great, well-produced country ballads. And that's really the rest of the album. I mean, there's a couple other like rockers he does, but it's never quite to the level of those two songs, which cemented his place in the legacy. In the history of, of, rock, of rock and, and roll. Music.
2: So now my question is, so then what yeah. does he do with the rest of his life? Does he just reap off the money? Because he he made money. It's It shows that he made real money. Like, he, I mean, he had the problems with the IRS. Let me see if I can find
0: that. Fact. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, he was a wild guy, which is weird because he grew up extremely religious, believed in hell, actually believed that this music he was singing might be his damnation. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others. Photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy. And I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there. Porn, Satan,
3: drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend.
0: Um, uh, so and and another crazy side note, his first his first cousins are Mickey Gilly, who had a country western career, and a guy named Jimmy Lee Swaggart, who was Jimmy Swaggart, the famous televangelist of oh, wow. uh, the eighties and nineties, until he fell from grace. But that was like his cousin, and the three of them used to play piano together as kids. Yeah, it says right here, Lewis often talked about God in the afterlife, his fear mm-hmm. of what awaits
2: him. Uh, I was always worried whether I was going to heaven. I still am. I worried before I go to bed, it's a very serious situation. I mean, you worry when you breathe your last breath, where are you gonna go? you're gonna die and it's all gonna be gone. And then you get reincarnated, hopefully as an overweight black female telemarketer. And that would make me (laughs) about as happy as happy could be. Um, Oh God, I'd love that. Um, Run-ins with the IRS. Fans may have loved him, but the IRS had a different view of him. The Internal Revenue Service said, lewis was a delinquent taxpayer his overdue tax bill amounted to almost 2 million in 88 which is probably what you know 10 million heat now and uh he was part of the reason he filed for bankruptcy that wasn't the first incident in 79 and 85 the irs swooped in seized property such as motorcycles jewelry cars and tractors the agents even showed up to
0: his concerts and confiscated his fees oh that's crazy wow yeah, well, he was known as the wild man and he was a wild man and known as Killer. That was his nickname. And by the way, his last nickname was Last Man Standing because of all of the, that generation, he was the one that, believe it or not, despite this, the alcohol, the drugs, the philandering, he uh, lasted longer than anyone. Again, he was a little younger than most of them. So by a couple of years, he was in the last of the the million dollar group this million, the, uh, that's an yeah. incredible day do you want to talk about that day or no
2: well so the, we talked about it on the sun records recording didn't we? Right? Right.
0: Um, a little bit to... the million dollar quartet which was yeah, the, the day mil- elvis drops in at sun records and jerry lee lewis was there before a whole lot of shaking going on before yeah. great balls so it's like he's just there to play piano on one of the greatest rock songs ever by carl perkins called matchbox which the Beatles covered, and then I was a standard. So he's just he's there, pay, being paid fifteen dollars to play on Matchbox, and then oh, Elvis, the King of Rock and Roll, strolls in. They meet and they start jamming together. And luckily, the engineer is like, oh, I'm just going to hit record during this yeah, his, yeah we record we played that we played, we played
2: we played no we played that track on our episode I remember that because we talked about it because it's not just Carl who I fell in love with when we yeah. did the record we did the the, the Sun records mm-hmm. and Elvis is just Elvis uh but it's Jerry Lee Lewis now I'm a fan of him and then Johnny Cash was there so I mean this is like you know four of the most influential people to rock and roll and country uh, right. That that have ever existed and he was the last of them to nice remain standing. alive yeah which is funny because he probably partied way they all well i don't know how carl perkins party but we know what happened with elvis we know johnny cash i mean he was addicted to the barbiturates and the opiates and
0: all that shit um well, let me ask you this because you're a musician and you've dealt with uh substance and substance abuse Sure. What do you think the appeal is for musicians? Because this story keeps getting repeated over and over and again.
2: I, I think it could be a multitude of things. You know, okay. if you're writing, if you're writing heavy songs and you're digging into your past and writing about your feelings, you need to bring that shit up. You know, it's gotta hurt. So you want to numb yourself. I only can apply it to stand up comedy where I I used. You know, for for a year, just I used because I was afraid of of being on stage, not afraid. I just didn't want to fail and mm-hmm. it made me feel confident and made me feel like real loose and and then I could go up there as a newer comic and actually like bring it because I wasn't afraid anymore. It literally made me feel like I do now, where I'm like, because now I can do it sober because I've done it for fifteen years. Um, you know, all of them, I think had tough lives. I mean, dude, like Johnny Cash's yeah. brother died in that wheat mill or whatever. <laughs> uh is that wrong <laughs> no 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 he did that we kid. yes yeah 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 But and like and then you know Elvis I don't know what trauma he had but it could be the pressure the pressure of success and the pressure of having to churn out another hit and Jerry Lee Lewis I mean he grew up poor like I think his brother died in a car accident yeah. got hit by a drunk driver um you know like we said he's dealing and he's had and he had two kids that died one uh, yeah. drowned and yeah Uh, but but also keep this in mind we already brought it up johnny jerry lee lewis you know has is battling the the religious battle that's going on inside of him which is Mm -hmm. i'm i'm this successful rock star but yet i'm doing what god doesn't want me to do and making kids have sex and talking about this and doing that so i mean that's gotta make you drink right yeah
0: i I guess I, i don't know i was just why do you do heroin me yeah it's mainly for the 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 buzz i I feel really good i like to swim on it i like to play volleyball on heroin and sometimes uh, yeah and sometimes obviously bowl and
2: obviously bowl on the weekends yeah of course of course um what other interesting things are there to say did do you think it says that it's not true that he did never set his
0: piano on fire Yeah, that's a, that's a, he kind of claimed he did, but if he did, there's not one photograph of it. There's not one photograph. This is when he was touring on the Alan Freed tours with uh, Chuck Berry. And supposedly he wanted to close the show because no one could follow him. And Chuck Berry had it in his contract that he had to close the show. So he set the piano on fire and walked off and said, follow that. And he might have said the N-word or, you know, yeah. I don't know what happened, but it, it keeps growing in light. Who knows? But it's, uh, but there's not one photograph, but it is in the movie. Yeah, it is
2: in the movie. And it says yeah. Lewis yeah. has both denied and confirmed the yes, story. It, exactly. Happened at the Paramount Theater in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's cool lore, you know, it really is cool lore to do that during Great Balls of Fire um he he also hates great balls of fire uh, he does wasn't it yeah the Lewis's early career based on the book by his ex-wife he he hated it he hated the movie Lewis was disgusted by the oh, film. the movie yes yeah, yeah the, he's oh, like I yeah. would never acted like that in my life uh the movie was bad news it was religious uh, side so he was kind of living
3: yeah. two lives yeah probably-
0: he was a but he was definitely a road like Chuck Berry just a road animal I mean for all those years especially in what they call in the wilderness before 1964. But if you get, if you're listening to this and you want to see Chuck Berry, excuse me, Jerry Lee Lewis do a mini concert in front of teenagers in 64. So this is five years after the, the wife incident. He does a show in England and all the kids are around the piano and it's just so raucous and incredible. And, I really like his piano style. I just really like the way he merged those two styles. He was a big boogie woogie fan, obviously, with that left hand, I mean, it's, he does like five songs and it's just <laughs> ridiculous what, ha- and I mean, I'm talking about people are touching him during the show. Like that's how close they are. They're touched and there's no security or anything like that. And this is, was his comeback. But what's interesting is also in the middle of the concert, one of the songs he does, which is a nod to what's about to happen with his country career, I think he does one of the, like a Hank Williams song or something like that. Like he's always has that Hank Williams, uh, Jimmy, whatever that guy's name was, yeah, uh, kind of roots to him that he always loved to sing those songs.
2: Jesus man I'm just like these these crazy facts just keep going on Let me and hear some Let's do it. I mean <clears throat> where is the one about Janice Joplin? He fought Janice Joplin. Here it is. Backstage fist fight with Janice Joplin. Brash and loud, Joplin was no innocent flower of the 60s music scene, so there was bound to be a whole lot of shaking going on when these two met. I love the way they write these articles. In 69, Janice had a thing for Lewis's bass player, and after seeing a show in Texas in joplin went backstage in lewis's dressing room with her little sister laura in tow lewis was hostile to the visitors and the scene did not end well the rocker told laura you wouldn't be bad looking if you weren't trying to look like your sister so janice punched lewis but it didn't end there lewis hit joplin back saying you're gonna act like a man i'm gonna treat you like one i could see that happening
0: that's some (laughs) louisiana street justice so at this time six 1964 this is when he first starts to get gigs again you know starts getting on television in europe a little bit uh he records an album in hamburg a live album at the star club and this is he's now done with sun records he's about to sign with mercury or smash which was the thing and this album of his live recording is now considered if you look at all these music critics as maybe the greatest live rock and roll album ever recorded. Really? So they, yeah. The Hamburg. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, is it called live at the star club or something like that? And it was only available in Europe for years because of rights and all of that kind of stuff. But it's, it's that it's what, what we just saw, What it's what we, that, so so that's that's
2: that's funny you say that because I I'm you know I actually and I'm getting ready to record with about an Otis Redding record one of his studio albums and Mm -hmm. and I want I can't wait to make this comparison which is when you talk about Otis Redding his studio albums are great but he's very much like the Grateful Dead where it's like his live performances were what made him this genius and no one had the energy that uh, live at the whiskey go-go those three shows that he did Mm -hmm. uh in LA back in like 64 I think it was or 67 it's yeah it it was it's some of the great like I could listen to them and you you feel the energy that's in the room I'm to say that this is the greatest I mean that's
0: yeah I I I don't see why not if it's like that yeah, I don't have the quote, but there was somebody that was like, this would make the Sex Pistols blush like that. It was like that level of energy. The, the people write about it now. And I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm like a Live at Leeds guy when it comes to live albums. And so, but... I, I, I think
2: that's that's pretty fucking cool, though, man. And you can find yeah. it now on Spotify, Dark Lord Spotify, or like...
0: Uh- uh title. yeah, I think Did it's available. I think it's available now. So so anyway, so 64, then he signs with Smash, and then believe it or not, a few years later he starts getting hits on the country and western charts, including number one hits. And he's this wild man that we just were listening to with the is, is can sing these incredible country music songs and the problem with those songs, and you can listen to it in this, on any of these forty-two tracks, is I find them a little overproduced for me. For what I like about Jerry Lee Lewis, there's yeah. like background singers and strings and things like. It was like, what's going on? But it's he's really a excellent interpreter of songs. Excellent, and even does the classic. Uh, Harold Arlen, Yip Harburg song Over the Rainbow from that movie The Wizard of Oz. Like sure. he does a version of that and he, he he's just, I just love his vocalizations and but again this is the, true with Chuck Berry and with Little Richard. Most of those guys, not so much with Elvis because he had hits later on were for the rest of their lives after the 50s were nostalgia acts. They would play those songs. As part of every show, at least one of the, those two. And, you know, good golly, Miss Molly would have to be in all of Little Richard shows. And, yeah. and obviously, Chuck Berry would pick up local bands. You know about this story? Like Bruce Springsteen even did it. He would travel and he would get booked himself and then pick up local musicians to back him up. And everyone's like, yeah, I wanna pay. And they'd throw him a couple dollars. And so he would take most of the gate. And he wouldn't tell them the set list. He was just like, if you think you can play rock and roll, you you have to know all of these songs. And then he would yell out, like, you know, whatever. Uh, Monkey business, B-flat. And then they would go off. And Springsteen's band in New Jersey backed him up for a couple of those shows. The E
2: Street Band? I don't know if it was the E Street I I
0: know he talked about, like, all right. He was so nervous. That's crazy so
2: so to go off of what you're saying yeah. uh this, this music critic Robert Christelle is that his name mm-hmm. he said his drive his timing his offhand vocal power his unmistakable boogie woogie plus piano and his absolute confidence in the face of the void make Jerry Lee the quintessential rock and roller do you agree with that
0: He's one of them. This We were talking about this earlier. I always think of Chuck Berry as the quintessential rock and roller because of the influence, because everyone started playing guitar because of him. Or not everyone started, but certainly that became the instrument. And right up to your Slayer concert, they're all guitar bands, right out of the Metallica or yeah, yeah. And all of these. They're all guitar bands. And I think that obviously there's, you know, guitar players before Chuck Berry but I think he sort of made that the instrument and I think most of rock and roll is based around it so I think of I agree with that uh, John Lennon quote about if you're going to call you could just call rock and roll Chuck Berry so yeah. I I agree with but I That's... do think Jerry Lee Lewis is an important crit okay what I know I get it. it I, I, I don't get... know what I'm serious about. no 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 yeah he's an important but, critical yeah, I, I, I think, rock and Do you, ever, do
2: you yeah. ever see the video of uh, John Lennon and Chuck Berry playing together and Yoko's uh, there? Yeah, and then Yoko the gets on the mic and just goes.
0: The look on Chuck Berry's face is one of the greatest <laughs> things. And I was just talking about this somebody because I think it's just funny because that's John, one of John Lennon's idols. That's one. He's like, oh, I oh, finally okay. get a chance to play so with him. With them, yeah. Of course, it's on the Mike Douglas show in Philadelphia. It's the weirdest circumstance, but and then if this lifetime dream, and then his wife, the what whatever the artist known as Yoko,
3: can't see the air <laughs> quote. Can't hear the air quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: the, the artist, she starts caterwauling <laughs> like a maniac. Do it yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just. And John doesn't seem to mind, but Chuck Berry's like, "What is happening back here? We're trying to play this song." Yes, that is a phenomenal. Mo- but anyway, my friend thinks it's <laughs> Wait, it's really re- disrespectful, and I just yeah, think it's, it is disrespectful. I think you- it's so and that it's rude and disrespectful. I just thought it was so over the top, inappropriate that it became funny to me. Yeah, to me for sure.
2: And do you overt- ever think that John Lennon was like working on you know like? mind games or you know his later <laughs> records and he goes and she's doing she's ah! He's like yoko could you shut the fuck up please i'm trying to figure out this chord progression i don't need to hear your cackle backlin you, <laughs> <laughs> you scoodle
0: do I, I don't know i that relationship is look he she made him happy she made him very happy so yeah Pushed i love it i love john lennon and if she made him happy i'm fine with her but yeah. jesus christ what about the gun moment? stuff
3: Y'all talk about the gun stuff at all? There's just a couple of good stories. I mean, oh,
0: yeah, they went to Elvis's house, right? He went to, yeah, he went one to Graceland with a gun to figure out who was the king, and just drunk or high out of his mind. God, yeah, he him. was
3: invited by Elvis, but the security had not been notified. Uh, and during the discussion as to why Lewis was at the gate, he drew his pistol and jokingly told the guards that he had come to kill Elvis. <laughs>
1: Not too smart,
3: but he survived. The other one's worse. I mean, it's not involving a famous person, but at his uh, 41st birthday party in 76, Jerry Lewis jokingly pointed a gun at his bass player, Butch Owens, and thinking it wasn't loaded, loaded, he pulled the trigger, hitting him in the chest, Owens miraculously survived. Thank God. Thank God, dude. He didn't get arrested at all? With like, this is a crazy life. He was never arrested. Fame got him through
2: all this stuff. Yeah, because as the cops showed up and they and they were about to put him in the handcuffs, Yoko Ono popped out of a bush and went, yeah, 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 yeah. and they were like, all right, you know what? <laughs> we're good.
0: <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Thank you, Yoko. <laughs> so I'm really surprised you don't know about Jerry Lee Lewis that much. Like I was really hey. surprised
2: i'm not saying i don't know i mean you know i know like actually no that's true i don't know i know a whole lot of shaken i know great balls of fire uh i didn't even know that style the music that he's played is called boogie woogie i, I just yeah. knew that it was something that when i was on i was like, oh i like this i, I just right. dude it's like there's so much music in the world that you just once you hear certain songs you're like i think that's all i really need to hear but what's cool you know, and, and I'll be honest, you you really just need the, the, a few chunks of his music. But because listening to this, a yeah. lot of it sounded the same, right, you know, right, right. but it's great. And it's and now I see why I would go to these like hip record stores and they'd mm-hmm. be playing this style of music in the background because it is cool. You know what I mean? I think and this is what I think is funny <clears throat> because I'm looking at, you know, in conclusion, like his is what he's done, having Mm -hmm. a dozen gold records, four Grammy Awards, a Grammy Lifetime Achievement, two Grammy Hall of Fames, inducted, like you said, first ballot, first class Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 86, the year it was created, uh, the Rockabilly Hall of Fame, the Memphis Music Hall of Fame, the Country Music Hall of Fame, as the movie Great Balls. This is listed at 242 on the 2012 list. And then I think it actually dropped a little bit uh on the 2020 list i had seen um and then in 2004 he's ranked the 24th uh, 100 greatest artists of all time uh and yeah 24 out of yeah of all yeah, of all that's time pretty good yeah that's really good and i and i but i think a lot of the reason why he's not brought up all the time in the discussion is because he married the 13 year old you know what i mean and he was a, he was a he was not a good person it seemed like yeah
1: If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you.
0: So please subscribe to Nemo at the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform. And we hope to see you further on up the road.
3: Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.
2: And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Because because if if the girl would have been 17, 18, no one would have given a fuck. And, And unfortunately, you know, you can't the old, the longer we we progress into like you know right and wrong or at least what mm-hmm. right is we hope that we're going in the right direction some of these mistakes that some of these people have made that we hold up on to these plateaus are going to start being dropped and talked about less and less because you don't want to bring up that somebody
0: married their cousin that was 13 or well, shot their bass player here's an interesting thing ethan cohen of the cohen brothers joel and ethan I don't know which one is the shorter one, but Ethan, Ethan's a short one. Okay. That's what I thought he did a documentary for a 24 about Jerry Lee. Lewis can was in, I believe he can, can last year or something like that. They cannot find a buyer for it. Really? And that's a Cohen brother. That's, that's yeah not, yeah not the that's
2: bro- a oh, Cohen brother yeah, <laughs> yeah because that sucks they kind of split up they're not making movies together anymore when he did Joel made that Macbeth or Hamlet and he did it it's solo Macbeth, the one
0: with Denzel Macbeth yeah
2: yeah I, I look I it, it sucks it's it sucks that you know even Chuck Berry, he's not talked about as much because of the some of the incidents that he was into and I think yeah, because
0: it, you well, know Chuck Berry it, wasn't only that man act thing but he also that was how to pay money to women that he secretly videotaped while they were going to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's no particular place to go. Oh God, that's no. <laughs> <Wow, boy.
2: laughs> how do you? That's that's how he ended on that. Sorry, sorry And sorry, sorry. He videota- <laughs> He videotaped her taking the <laughs> Um That's terrible. Whatever. So, I mean, hey, man. Do so to, to each his own, dude. To each his own. That's your kink.
0: <laughs> you know. But how much? Did so you, much how you paid? paid? You know, oh can I God. say something else about that album? If someone wants to listen to the all forty-two tracks, is this was just this is a music industry comment I want to make that his it used the reason that album is on this list is because there was the early albums that he did for Sun Records and then the later albums he did for Smash, which was a, a subsidiary of Mercury, the country music stuff but rhino records i think you know them gets the rights to both of them so th- for the first time you get the full you get the sun stuff and the mercury stuff all on one album so you really get his whole career and it's i actually like a few of those uh, those country songs I really I really know oh, they were good no yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna
2: lie I I didn't I never was was wanted to turn this off I, okay. the only moment the only moment I wanted to turn it off was when they played in the mood I was like what the
0: fuck why okay. is it in the mood in the middle of this I know but can I say something to you sure Elton John, who just retired at Glastonbury, right? He just did his last show, supposedly. Supposedly. He's been on a farewell tour for nine (laughs) years. (laughs) Okay, of course. Same with Paul Seyman. Because of Jerry Lee Lewis, obviously, that was one of his idols, Elton John. In the middle of Benny and the Jets, for years, he would break into In the Mood as a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis. Aww. on the live shows if you if there's a bunch of live recordings of him where he'll go and play in the mood because because you know, of that jerry lewis i love that Aww. yeah yeah so i know you want to turn it off and <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just it like was an what? old uh what is the name of the band that did that uh glenn miller i know glenn you don't miller. Like glenn miller, miller, miller.
2: yeah i don't want to hear that i don't have nothing against I, I don't mind that type of jazz but right. you know uh by the way are you a fan of ornette coleman
0: it's a little too obtuse for my tastes. Yeah. It's, 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 this it's a hard, hard one to get book. into for yeah, me, it's hard, but good word.
2: <laughs>
3: it
0: is I mean, a
2: like hard, it's... no, I mean, um, it's the, it's noise. It's noise. <laughs> it's noise. At least, at least, um, at least, you know, bitches brew. I can, I can, I, uh-huh. I know the story of miles Davis so I can see why he got there and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's moments of just real good grooves in it that you're like, all right,
0: all right, all right, now it's crazy again. Ah, there it goes. And they all forget, but it's... Yeah, can I say something? But remember we were talking about these genres of music that come and go, and yeah. I feel like bebop was sort of that. I mean, still, there's still devotees of it, but for the most part, there's not a lot of bebop music on the ra- on the radio. Same, like I said, with, like, they thought that was going to happen with rock and roll. It did happen with doo-wop. It did happen with disco. It did happen with... Uh, uh calypso, and it also happened with the music that influenced Jerry Lee Lewis, which was Boogie Woogie. Boogie Woogie piano became a phenomenon in the late 30s in the United States, and then by the mid-40s had burned out. Wow. Yeah. So there's this repeats. Is there any other like subgenre? Like
2: something um, uh, you
0: can think of? Dubstep? Probably.
2: <laughs> dubstep <laughs> was uh, everywhere um you know uh
0: right that was the yeah Mm
2: -hmm. (speaks) but it's still just dance music it's just a different kind but it was really popular we're talking about the complete utter like you know funeral of the genre where it's not cool anymore and there's still yeah the dubstep i I really don't know i don't think you know i think maybe oh uh, you know new metal I don't know. Oh, you? Oh, right. That stuff that you know, no. like Corn and I mean, it's still a big fan. They still perform though. You oh, know? dude, Corn sells out uh, arenas right. still. um, yeah. I, I'm friends with the bassist, and me and Jay both go every time Corn comes around. Um, I don't know. I don't think i really don't i think that's a really good question if anybody that's listening can uh can tell us you know when you tweet not tweet when you thread us gonna... <laughs> by the way yeah you know it threads the new thing boys thread no, is either, right? it the, i'm doing it dude fuck twitter dude fuck elon musk i hate that guy dude he, he's you know he's giving a platform for crazy people again um, true. Well, let them go to gonna... Get all political. Anyway. All right, I I'm, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot. For I, forgot I forgot. I forgot. I forgot you, Fetty Wap, or QAnon, Alt Right. <laughs> We're starting that rumor.
0: Right. What is the other? Is it Four Chan? What 4chan. is Four Chan? Four Chan. Four Chan. It's not Four chan like, though. It's not, no, I know it's, it's not Four. What
2: 4chan. is that? It's it's a um, it's like a uh uh I, I want to say like a message board where okay. people exchange yeah. uh evil things yeah information but right, tend to wrong. go into the into yeah what's eh, is it we don't know anymore dude. we don't know we don't
0: know we don't know. know are we wrapping this are we wrapping it to- right I think so. we're
2: wrapping it but we got. i gotta do my questions you ready yeah yeah all right favorite song on this
0: oh my god it's I think it's the hit i think it's great balls of fire because i love that yeah. yeah and, and oh the guy wrote otis blackwell i like his songs i just i really love it it is it
2: is arguably top 20 most iconic rock songs of all time it really is great balls of fire it's everybody knows it every yeah. race color creed if, uh, if you played the song and you get to that part where it's like, it, it's was like, goodness gracious. And then you just point yeah, at the yeah. audience, they're going to go great balls. of fuck- I mean, and dude, he deserves it. He killed it, man. He I, killed yeah, that would be mine. That would be mine. Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite song. And I know there's a lot to choose from. I'm going in the mood. <laughs>
0: um, I don't, that's a great question. Um, uh, I don't. I don't really Me have. Man. A, I, I'm going to. I'm going to pass on that one just because I. Oh well. All right. I'll look at it. I, I didn't know I, he wrote I, all night long. By wrote, the way, dude, he did all, all night. All,
2: all night long. Can I just night. say
0: another? Can I give you another one of my favorites instead of my worst? One of the country sure. ones. Yes. Another place, another time is incredible. Yeah, that was a good one. That yeah, was a really yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah, that was a really. That one was incredible. So, um, All right, you're
2: yeah, I, I guess I'm I, glad you know, uh, you're positive. Like
0: chantilly, yeah, I, I, let's keep it positive for the... Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, now's the question that you get awkward about,
2: ready? Uh, can you fuck to this?
0: Yeah, I mean, even that, I, I to me, and again, I think of it more as awkwardly making out with a girl, but I would do <laughs> the first song. I really like... I really like Crazy Arms. I love how it's—it's. It's it actually great. reminds me a little bit of Stevie Ray Vaughan in the driving or the thumping driving part of it. If you really listen, because like all Stevie Ray Vaughan is, if you listen to the, you know, it's always. I think he has a little of that in Crazy Arms, so yes. Yeah, I think I could. All right, uh, uh,
2: You can you can awkwardly make love. No, awkwardly make out. Um. Make, oh yeah. Could what could you work out to this record, and if so,
0: what would be the fitness exercise? Um, obviously over the rainbow. Obviously over the rainbow. <laughs> that's.
2: I think that's, I think you could do this, and like you could put this on, and because I worked out to it yesterday, and and I did. was doing right. some pretty intense. Yeah, I did. Because I, I've dude, it's two hours long. I gotta find the yeah. time to listen to it. You know what I mean, and it was why it was fun. And then I went on a walk with the dog, and it was like a good record to like kind of dick around with. Um, I don't know. I would say you could do
0: uh you, you could can do, do most workouts. You could do Chantilly Lace. You could do yeah. I you could do, whole first half except for in the mood.
2: That's when it falls. I love apart. that you're all again. I hate that. I hate that song, dude um and then the final question is uh what would be your elevator pitch to get someone to listen to
0: this record oh that's easy i think i said it right at the beginning of the show and i think you echoed it that if you're interested in one of the architects architects of what was known as rock and roll in the in the 50s if you're interested in this kind of music you must listen to the early tracks of jerry lee lewis And if you're interested in his his entire career, and he, again, he was the last man standing of that group, then take a gander through the whole thing and you'll find out this very religious guy and how connected he was, especially to country, country music, Hank Williams and all of those guys.
2: Oh, I love you. You're going to be coming on again. You know that. So just get ready. You'll get I'm the ready call. guys. You will I'm get re- the call, dude. You are our go-to and there's no one. I would rather sit down. I mean, dude, I love you. Just, I was like, Jerry Lee Lewis. You're like, I'm oh, in. <laughs>
1: you're like, then uh, I. Yeah.
2: Then there was another one that I tried to do. And you were like, nah, I can't yeah, turn you down once. Do you remember You did that? turn me down. Which one was it? I got
0: to check. Let's find out. Yeah, It I was went. for the, it was a box set of early, like, roots music it was a box it was like Soweto. 80 songs of all of these artists i've never heard of and i
2: almost got you i almost got you to do Willie, <laughs> but you were in canada shooting right but you i thought you had a big celebrity to do. Willie. Uh, no, well, we we had c thomas oh. howell then he dropped out i asked you because you wanted to do it and then yeah, did. we did uh, and then we did um we had uh, his Ray uh Lynn. yeah uh raylin his uh his niece his granddaughter. His granddaughter. How, how was that, by the way? She
3: was so sweet. She was I so loved her wearing her hat. I wasn't there for the recording, but I
2: listened. I I loved her. I she's,
3: she was she's so nice. She's how sweet. about that album? Did you like any
0: of those songs on that loved
2: album? Loved it. Stardust is my favorite song ever written. The Nat King Cole version. Oh the Nat God. King Cole Stardust is great, and I think Willie did uh, did justice to every one of those songs. And I think it's great. I think any Willie Nelson. I went out and bought a Willie Nelson T shirt because. Like a vintage t-shirt
0: because I'm like, oh, I'm a fan now. He's that's guy, he's rock and roll. You know what I mean? One of my crazy heroes is a guy named Hoagie Carmichael who wrote Stardust. Piano player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not gonna be on any rock and roll list, but yeah, Hoagie Carmichael, incredible dude. Great name too, Hoagie.
2: Great name. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna name him Submarine (laughs) Sandwich Myers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> he also wrote a song called uh, georgia that ray charles had that big hit georgia he's yeah, he 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 hoagie. yeah. killing it uh promote away buddy anything you want to promote oh yes yeah this is a television one not a live performance if i am going to be playing a vampire doctor that's all i can say on a show called what we do in the shadows yeah. if you're a fan of that oh, show, a great show i will be on it this year i signed an nda so i cannot sign tell you anything although i didn't sign an nda about signing the nda so i'm allowed to talk about
2: <laughs> the nda loopholes <laughs> Look, loopies Judaism, the loop. Judaism. <laughs> betty i love you man thank you for coming on for again best. and, Anytime, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon okay Later. All right. Bye, guys. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Follow him on Twitter at Fetterman and on Instagram at InstaFetterman. And check out his website, WayneFetterman.com. Our new music this week is Call Me by Southern Culture on the Skids off the 2020 album at home with Southern Culture on the Skids. Next week is Eminem week as we go deep into the turn of the centuries, the Marshall Mathers LP. And if you haven't listened to the record yet, you got homework to do. Listen to the record, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Stay
1: please The sights keep on crashing. The bad news keeps blasting. You know i can give you some relief. So call me. Call me. Pick up the phone. i oh. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday out now through Sound Talent Media. Next Chapter Podcasts.